All right, people, say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Adar Aleph, Mrs. Salma Wolf, for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month with immense gratitude for the Refuah Shem Hashem and the merit of Refuah Shem for all of those in need in the schus of our soldiers and the merit of in the schus of the return of our hostages. The Schwarzbaum family, in memory of Rabbi Aaron Schwarzbaum, Aaron Yosef Ben Meir, Zichron Lebracha, and the Ziv Levine and Berman families, in memory of William Ziv, Zev Shmuel Ben Yisrael, Zichron Lebracha. They have learning sponsors, Sandy Hoffman, in memory of her father, Melvin Rudman, Mayor Hirsch Ben Shlomo Zalman and Steve Glaskov sponsoring the week of learning in honor of the bris of his grandson Mazel Tov Mazel Nochum David Ben Elio Baruch Halevi Mazel Tov Mazel Tov this little boy Mirza Shem Shigro to be an incredible Ben Torah and give nachas to his family to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Kalal Yisrael Mir Ve'eshem Shanim Tovos and of course we dedicate all the Masechas Baba Kamala Ili Nishmas Master Sergeant Elio Michal Harush Hashem Yikom Domo we hope that the merit of our Talmud Torah his Neshama have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama but with that let us begin we have a lot a lot to do today but some really exciting and incredible Gemara today's daf is Kuf Tes Zayin 116. We are starting on Kuf Tes Vav 115b, and we are starting um, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines down from the top. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, good. But it goes quickly. So, as remember again, we were introduced to the Mishnah. We were introduced to the Mishnah. The Mishnah spoke about the case of two guys, right? Remember again, wine guy, honey guy. So honey guys battle, bar- right? honey breaks, battle breaks, and the wine guy pours out the contents of his battle in order to save the contents of the honey barrel. Remember again, this presupposes honey is more expensive than wine. So there are two models in the case. Model number one is where wine guy just takes unilateral action, doesn't ask, pours out the contents. In that case, he's not, he is not entitled any compensation for his lost wine. All he's entitled to is, you know, what we'll call schar, you know, labor. Labor. Conversely, if he says, listen, honey guy, I'll pour out my wine, but you're going to compensate me for my wine. And honey guy says, okay. Then in that case, he's entitled to compensation for his lost wine. The Gemara is bothered by this because the Gemara says this, I don't understand. If the battle is breaking, honey, the honey battle is breaking and the honey contents of the honey is beginning to pour out, it's hefker. It's after. So when wine guy pours out, dumps out the contents of his barrel and goes ahead and scoops up the honey, he should acquire the honey from Hefker. That should really be what's happening over here. To which the Gimar explained, and the Gimar went ahead and the Gimar gave the case of a guy who was going ahead and carrying barrels of honey, or, or, sorry, sorry, wine or oil. He saw that they were breaking, so he has a great chap. What does he do? He's about to designate the breaking barrel as Trumas and Maestras. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, if you did that, it does not work. It does not work. So we'll say, so that's where we're picking up. So remember, the Gemara answers this question in the middle. What was the answer in the middle? The answer in the middle was that the honey barrel had like netting around it. So as much as it was beginning to break, it wasn't going to be a complete loss because the netting was holding everything together. Now the Gemara jumps back to the Trumas and Maestros case. Is that true, Jose? So if I'm walking, I'm walking with a barrel of oil and it's about, it's breaking and I say, you know what, this barrel should be designated as Trumas and Maestros for produce I have in my home. That such a statement is meaningless. We learned. Jose, watch this. I'm traveling on the road and I have money in my hand. And I see that I'm about to be robbed. See about to be robbed, right? I see there's a, there's a guy, there's a thief opposite me, and I can tell he's not coming for a shalom aleichem. So I say, so what happens? Lo yomar harei perosh yishli b'sof beisi mechulolim amaos halalus. You know what? I have a great chap. What am I going to do? I want to go ahead and I want to redeem. Let's say you know both. You can say Rashi points out over here, like Meister Shani. I have Meister Shani produce in my house. Meister Shani produce in my house. So I say, you know what? Let the Meister Shani I have in my home be redeemed or be, let, let the sanctity be transferred onto this money. And both say, what am I trying to do? I'm try- I know I'm going to suffer a loss. Right? I know I'm about to lose money. So I figure, which is not the nicest thing in the world, but I figure, you know what? Let deal with the loss. Right? Let, let the Maestro Shani take the loss. So that's my chap. So I want to transfer the sanctity onto the money right before I'm robbed. That way, the money that's lost... It's Meister Shani money, which is still a loss, because remember, again, Meister Shani is still mine to consume, but it's a Meister Shani loss as opposed to a disposable income loss. 
Amar, so you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. But if you said it, it works. So I will say, it does work. So let me say, if this case works, then what? Then the Trumas and Maestro's case should work as well. Hakam asking, and what's the case over here? The case over here is where as much as I'm about to encounter a thief, but you know what, I could stand up for myself, and I could, it's, it's, not, it's not an absolute loss, or it's not a definitive loss. In other words, there's still the ability for me to save my money. So I'll say, if that's the case, that I could save the money, so then even the should be able to do this. I will say, what's the case? The case is where I could save the money, but means, means it's going to be a little bit challenging to save the money, and I may or may not be successful. So in other words, there's a risk. There's a risk involved, but I may be able to save the money. That's why the halacha says, you really shouldn't do this. You shouldn't suddenly decide to have this spiritual epiphany to transfer the sanctity of Meisr Shani onto the money. Shouldn't do it. But if you did it, because technically speaking, it's not a definitive loss, then it works. Then it works. Okay. So the Gemara says, So what you're telling me is, any situation where there's definitely going to be a loss, or even strong potential for loss, you really shouldn't use the potentially lost item for consecrated purposes. Is that true? Vahatan, you're both listening to this case. Harisha, hayulo eser chavios shall tevel tome. So I will say, here's the case. A guy has actually, Rashi points out to her, this is a case of a levy. A levy has 10 barrels of tevel, tevel's untithed produce, that's tummy. So then I remember again, I will say, a, a, a levy himself is also obligated to separate out trumas meiser. Right? He's obligated to go ahead and separate a portion from the coin as well. In other words, even a levy's portion of meiser, he is obligated to go ahead and give a portion to the coin. So the levy has 10 barrels of tevel galsa, and he sees one of the barrels, one of the barrels, is either about breaking, right? It literally means it means broken, but it means broken, breaking, or it was left uncovered. I remember also what happens after you leave produce or liquids uncovered? They become unusable, right? Mashkin Magulin. So what does he do? Omer Harehi Trumas Maestra Tesha So what does the lady do? The lady says, ah, that barrel, the uncovered one or the broken one, that is going to be Trumas Maestra on all the other ones. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, "I'll tell you, Shabbos, But you shouldn't do this with oil, because we're both say with oil, this will result as a total loss for the coin. We'll come back to that in just a moment." So the Gemara says, "I'm Rabbi Yemiya. So what do you see from here? You see, me, you're allowed to do it." Now, both say now again, this is a case of a loss. Also, in other words, here the barrel's about to break. The lady's designating it as Trumas Meiser. Is this not a case of loss? And yet, you see, you are allowed to do it. What's the case? The case of what says where you had this netting wrapped around the barrel. So it's kind of like the previous answer we gave before. Namely, it's breaking, but it's not going to necessarily be a total loss because this netting is holding the barrel together. Okay, Mars is fine. So, so you've answered up the case of where the barrel is breaking. So now it turns out, I will say that this case over here, of where the levy is, is designating the quote-unquote broken barrel as Trumas Meiser, is what case where the, even though the barrel is breaking, it's not a complete loss. Why? Because the netting is holding everything together. Fine. What about the case of Niskala? Right? What about the case ultimately, again, of where it was left uncovered? In other words, isn't leaving it uncovered, isn't that a total loss? So the Gemara says, If it's left uncovered, what, what, could, what could the coin use it for? So maybe it's usable for sprinkling. As well as people would often sprinkle wine, or for that matter, again, aromatic oil, like, uh, like potpourri, like air freshener. Air freshener. Vatanya, the Gemara says, But once we learned in the Raisa, Mayim Shin is Galu. Well, so remember again, the concept of mashkin mugulun, we've seen this before. What's the issue of mashkin mugulun? What are we concerned about? Snake. snake venom. Snake venom. We're concerned that if you leave liquid exposed or uncovered overnight, that a snake could come along and inject its venom into it. So the Gemara says, we learned, we learned in Raisa, Mayim shin iskalu, hareza lo yishachim b'shusarabim. So we'll say, if you have water that was left uncovered, by the way, when water, it's not just water, it's any liquid. 
left uncovered overnight. You shouldn't just spill it into Rosh Hashanah. You shouldn't use it to go ahead and knead mortar. You shouldn't use your boss. People would sometimes sprinkle water. You know, they had, they had a dirt floors. So you would sprinkle water in order to keep the dirt from rising, the dirt on the floor. And you shouldn't use it to, to water your animal. Nor your friend's animal. Suppose I said the idea over here is we mashkin the gul and it sounds like from the right so that you really shouldn't use it for anything. Right? So even for zilof, even for sprinkling, that wouldn't be good. Which Gimar says, no, no, no. What's the case of Osai? Whereas although you left it uncovered, uncovered, you run it through a strainer. And if you run it through a strainer, that'll pick up any venom. Like Rabbi Nechemi, Desanyo, Misnenes Yesh Ba Mishum Gilui. Even if you run it through a strainer, ultimately, again, it is still considered to be an exposed liquid. Rabbi Nechemi, what does that mean? Rabbi Nechemi, Emosai, when is that? Bizman Shatachtona Magula. That's only if the lower utensil, excuse me, was left uncovered. I will say, just the model that they're explaining over here is, what they're doing is, they're straining, if you can imagine, you're straining the liquid through an upper utensil and it's going into a lower utensil, like a double strainer. So the Gemara says over here, when is it that even, what, so the Gemara says, if the lower utensil is left open, then ultimately again it's Magulin. But if the lower utensil is covered, is covered, then even if the upper one is uncovered, right? then there's no gilarana as saying, as long as the lower utensil, which is the utensil that the liquid is being strained into, is covered, then you're good to go. Why? Because say, so apparently the snake venom is a bit thicker than the normal consistency of liquids. And therefore, again, as long as you're running it through a strainer, the Gemara says it's going to get caught in the strainer. However, this only presupposes that you did not mix the liquid. In other words, when does the venom kind of get siphoned off in a strainer? When it has not been actively mixed into the liquid. However, if it's been mixed into the liquid, then even if you run it through a strainer, because it's thoroughly mixed in, you won't pick it up through the strainer. Hasam nami, afshar demanach midi apuma dechavisa the shafile. Even in that case, the Gemara says there is there is something you can do. I will say if you use essentially, Rashi points out to here like a cloth. If instead of a strainer, you go ahead and let's say you put a cloth on top of the barrel, pour that wine through a cloth, even mixed liquid that'll be able to get out the, get out the venom. So, so it's interesting. So apparently, if the, venom's, if the venom was injected, but it wasn't mixed, then a regular strainer will be able to strain it out. If the, venom, if it, the whole thing was mixed, then, then the venom gets mixed into the rest of the liquid. Then only if you pour it through a cloth, the venom will come out or will be separated out. Okay, Rabbi Nechemia. Rabbi Nechemia, me Taminan. So it says, Rabbi Nechemia, ultimately again, would you be permitted to go ahead and separate this out? Right, that's true. And Rashi says over here, Rabbi Nechemia, vi'yahi dalit chavios, Rabbi Nechemia, mit diyut chavios, sorry, mit haminan minatome alatome. Now what's going to Rabbi Nechemia, can you go ahead and utilize, utilize tome produce for, 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 for truma on other tome produce? So the Gemara says, mit haminan vatanya, Rabbi Nechemia says, you could, right, I'm sorry, the Bryce says, you could take truma from tame produce on tame produce, and from tar on tar, and tar produce on tame produce. But you cannot go ahead and utilize tame produce to separate it out as truma as tar produce. Rabbi Nechemia Omer, af min hatame al hatame lohitiru litrom. Ella b'shel demai. Rabbi Nechemia said, "Let's say you can't even use tummy produce to go ahead and be used for tithing on other tummy produce, except in the case of demai." So, let's say if that's the case, again, going back for just a moment, in the case of the ten barrels, how would you be able to potentially utilize this uncovered barrel as trumas meiser for other barrels? To which the Gemara says, "You're right. You're right." The Gemara says, "Hachanami b'shel demai." We must be talking about over here a case of demai as well. Fine. 
Now remember again, back back to the case of the ten barrels. Remember again, we're dealing with the same case over here. Levi, right, we'll just call him Levi. Levi has ten barrels. He needs to separate at Trumas Mice, which is a portion to the coin. One of the barrels is about to break. Or for that matter, again, one of the barrels was left open. So what does the Levi want to do? He wants to quickly designate either that uncovered barrel or that breaking barrel as the Trumas Meiser for the Kohen. Trumas Meiser for the Kohen. So we're now defining the parameters of that, right? So so if if it's a breaking barrel, it must say that there's netting around this. That's not a total loss. If it was an uncovered barrel, it must be there that there's the ability to run it through either the strainer or ultimately, again, the cloth on top of the barrel. And if it's Rabbi Nechemia, it must be talking about a case of demai. Fine. But the Brice has said, if we're talking about a case of oil, you really shouldn't do this because that would represent a total loss for the Kohen. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Maishna Shemen, what's unique? I'm sorry. The Gemara says, Maishna Shemen, what's unique about oil? Deroy Lahadlik. Because we'll say, what's unique about oil is remember again, even if you have a barrel of oil that was left totally uncovered over the course of the night, so okay, you can't use it for consumption, but it's absolutely usable for kindling. So as we'll say, that's what's unique about oil, whereas opposed to, let's say, other liquids, where if you leave it uncovered, it's a to-do. In other words, there is a strong possibility you won't be able to use it in its designated way. And even if you can use it, you have to go through a process with oil, it's totally usable for kindling purposes. Yayinami roi lezilof. Wine is also usable for sprinkling. Maybe you'll say that sprinkling is not considered to be a bona fide form of usage. So we'll say this is actually fascinating. So Shosin and Ravichia, that I will say people would spend more on sprinkling wine than on drinking wine. I drink, you could drink anything, right? But sprinkling wine, sprinkling wine, you wanted a particular aroma, right? Not aroma, uh, a scent, right? You wanted a particular scent in your home. So I'll say you'd actually use more expensive wine for sprinkling than for consumption. So how and what's the case over here? Bechadash. We'll say the case over here is with new wine. So apparently new wine would not normally be used for sprinkling, only aged wine would be used. I vaharai liashno. Suppose you know what the good news about new wine is? Good news about you, new wine is just keep it for long enough and it becomes old wine. So the Gemara says, I don't understand why, just keep it around. To which the Gemara says, Asi beli de takala. Now, we'll say, here's the concern. The concern over here is if we're talking about, let's say, a barrel of wine that was left uncovered overnight, we're concerned to have you keep it. Why? Because we'll if you keep it around the house, the concern is you may come to drink it. I, the Gimara says, Shem and Nami, Asi, Lidei Takala. We'll say, so oil also. I should have the same concern about oil, that you may come ultimately again to consume it. Why is only a concern by wine? To which the Gimara says, Demonach Lebekli Mos. Oil is easy. How do, you, how do you avoid the potential takala by oil? Pour it into a, a, a disgusting utensil. And I was always say, if you go ahead and you pour it into a disgusting utensil, you're not going to end up using it like for salad dressing, you know, or for cooking because it's disgusting. The only thing you'll use it for is for light, is for kindling. I, the Gemara says, Yayin nami, monach lebiklimos. So do the same thing with, with wine. Just put it in a gross utensil. That way you won't come to go ahead and consume it. The Gemara says, it doesn't make any sense. Hashalazila kabay lebiklimos, kamanach le. They will say, you're going to use, the only thing this wine is really usable for is sprinkling. So you're not going to put it in a gross utensil. Why? Because you're going to all say, the gross utensil is going to impact its scent. It doesn't make any sense. To which the Gemara says, listen to this. Utakala atzma tanaihi. Now, I'll say, now this whole, this is actually really fascinating. This whole discussion, this whole discussion in general about maintaining something that is prohibited for use, right? So maintaining something that is prohibited in my home, lest I come to go ahead and use it inadvertently, that whole discussion is a machlokas. Watch this. This is so fascinating. So I watch this. The Bryce says as follows. person has a barrel of wine, truma wine, that became tummy. So whatever the case, Rabbi said, I have a barrel of truma wine. This, now, by the way, this could be either I'm a Kohen and I have a barrel of truma wine, or I'm a Yisrael. I'm a Yisrael and I have truma that I have not yet given out. But Lamaisa, it became tummy. So what do you do with it? So Beishamay, Beishamay says, Rabbi said, top of Kofteh Zayin 116a, Beishamay says, pour it out. 
Pouring out as Truma Tzmeya, there's nothing to do with Truma Tzmeya. And I just want to point out over here, remember, this is wine. Oil, oil is unique because oil could be used for burning, for kindling. Remember again, you have to destroy Truma Tzmeya. Just the difference with oil is, there's nothing that says you can't get benefit from it as you're destroying it. But really it only applies to oil. So if let's say you have a barrel of Truma Tzmeya, that, right, a barrel of Truma wine that became Tzmeya, Beishamah says, pour it out. Beishamah Beishamah says, Taza Ziluf. Beishamah says, no, you could use it for sprinkling, aromatic sprinkling, potpourri. Zizimar says, Omer Bishmah, Rabbi Yossi, Ani Achria. So let's say, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, the truth is, they're not really disagreeing. Why? It depends where the wine is. If the wine is in the let's work backwards. If the wine is in the field, let's say there's no zilof, there's no aromatic sprinkling in the field. So what do you do if it's in the field? Just pour it out. What do you do if it's in the house? You can use it for aromatic sprinkling. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, uh, fine. Others say, no, no, no. What it means is like this. Or what Rabbi Shalom meant to say is like this. With old wine, right? Aged wine. Use it for ziluf. New wine, pour the whole thing out. They say to Rabbi Shalom, ultimately again, it doesn't make any sense. Your answer doesn't make any sense. We'll say, why doesn't your answer make any sense? Because it's not to matter. Rabbi Shalom is coming along and introducing New criteria, right? In the field versus the house. New versus wine. So they answer to Rabbi Shmuel, that's not the Machol Gizashem Ve'esilol. is, are you allowed to maintain something that is prohibited for a prolonged amount of time? Be'i says no. Be'i says yes. It has nothing to do with where the wine is located. And it has nothing to do with whether or not the wine is old or new. We'll say, isn't this incredible? So the point over here is this concept, which is really interesting about are you allowed to maintain something which is prohibited for a prolonged amount of time? Apparently, is the fundamental mahalogi is Beishamai and Beishilal, right? Beishamai saying, no, pour it out. Beishilal saying, yes, you can. Say, By the way, the Ramam Haskins with Truma Tameya, like Beishamai, and therefore, if you have a barrel of Truma Tameya wine, you got to just pour it out. You can't maintain it. You got to pour it out Immediately. So I just mentioned there's a tremendous Moser Haskell. What was Rabbi Shmuel trying to do? I would say, what was Rabbi Shmuel trying to do? Rabbi Shmuel was trying to go ahead and make Shalom. Right? He was trying to say, Chevra, there's no machlokis over here. There's no machlokis. Right? Rabbi really agreeing. They're just talking about two different cases. I would say, whereas Shalom is a beautiful thing, and reconciling differences is a beautiful thing, sometimes in life, one must accept that there are irreconcilable differences. There's machlokas. There's machlokas in the world. There are differences. Now, by the way, machlokas doesn't have to mean animosity, right? Machlokas doesn't have to mean, you know, doesn't have to mean that we're at each other's throats. But Lamaisa, sometimes in life you cannot reconcile certain opinions. You know, we spend so much time sometimes trying to get everybody on the same page about things. And sometimes it's just good to accept there are differences of opinions. And it's okay, they're not going to get them on the same page, we're not going to reconcile, but the goal, the goal in life, certainly the goal within our people, is to be able to create shalom, even with irreconcilable differences. Even if we are never going to be on the same page, we're never going to agree, we're never going to see eye to eye, we're never going to get close, we're never going to be a Rabbi Shwait, Rabbi Shwait is trying to get Rabbi on the same page, and they say, Rabbi Shwait, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's two different opinions. Irreconcilable differences. But it's okay. You know why? Because they're both saying, they're still on the same exact line of Gemara. Right? They're still on the same line of Gemara. You could be together. You could be biachad, even with irreconcilable differences. Incredible. Let's go back there. So back, back to the Back to the Gemara. So remember again, this is great. This is great. It happens to be, this is a great case. So remember, back to our original Mishnah. Honey and wine, right? So gay, honey guy, honey guy, barrel breaks. Wine guy dumps out the contents of his barrel, saves the honey. We're now focusing on case number two. Case number two is before honey guy, sorry, before a wine guy dumped out his barrel. He says to honey guy, listen, I'm going to save your honey, but I need you to compensate me for my wine. Right? Honey guy says, honey guy says, okay. So then what does the Mishnah say? The Allah is honey guy has to compensate one guy for the contents of his barrel. Beautiful. Amai. Dimar says, why does honey guy have to compensate one guy? 
Let him say, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Why was I just kidding? Listen, let him say, look, look, I really needed you to save my honey. I told you whatever you needed to hear in order to save my honey. But I'm not really compensating you for the value of your wine. The Gemara says, we have precedent. Listen to this. Let's say, let's say a guy was running away from jail. So, right, Ruvain was incarcerated. Baruch Hashem, he was able to escape. And what happens? He gets to the bank of the river. And there was a, there was a guy with a boat in front of him. Amrlo told Dinar Vevirani. And I will say what happens. Let's say normally the boat right across the river costs uh, $20. And Reuben says to the boat, to, to the boat guy, I'm going to give you $1,000 if you cross from the right, get me across the river. The boat guy says, of course. So I will say, what's the halacha? The boat guy is only entitled to his normal wage. Normal wage. Gemara says, why? Because Ruben can say to the boat guy, listen, I, I was running from jail, right? I, I needed to escape. I told you whatever you needed to hear in order to go ahead and get me across the river. But I never really commit, meant to commit to such an exorbitant amount of money. Of course, I'll pay you. I'll pay you for the, for the normal value of the, of the journey. But Lamaisa... I don't have to pay you. I don't have to pay you $1,000. So the Gemara says, so why don't we say the same thing over here? So why don't we say the same thing? In other words, really, again, when Honey Guy said to, said to Wine Guy, I'll pay you, what he really meant was, I'll pay you the value of your labor, but I'm not going to start compensating you for the value of the lost contents of the, your barrel of wine. Because the Gemara says, Halo dami el seifa. So I will say, no, 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 it's not really comparable. If you want to compare our Mishnah, compare the Mishnah to the safe of this Braisa. What's the safe of the Braisa? So I will say, now listen to this. In the, same thing in the, in the boat case, in the barge case. So if Ruvain told to the boat guy, if he said, listen, take this dinner as your wages. In other words, he was a bit more explicit. A bit more explicit. And he said to him, I, I'm going to pay you this as a wage. Not, I'll pay a thousand dollars, get me across the river. But again, a more specific statement. Take this dinar, take this amount of money as your schar, as your schar, then I will go, and then he's obligated to pay. So the Gemara says, I don't understand what's the difference between the first two, two cases in the Braisa. Amrai Barachama, Bitsayod Hashola Dogim Min Hayom, Va'amrlei Afsiratani Kavari Bezuza. So we'll say the difference in the two cases that we'll say is that in the Seifa, in the Seifa, so the, the boat guy could say to Ruvain as he's running away, listen, you know, I'm a fisherman and you, you decided to use my services, but by doing that, I had to give up fishing revenue. My fishing revenue would have been X amount of money. And therefore, again, I'm happy to give up my fishing revenue to go out and take you across as long as you agree to make me whole. So I will say that's comparable to our Mishnah. So in our Mishnah over here, when, when wine guy says to honey guy, listen, I'm happy to help you save your honey. But to do that, I have to give up the value of my wine. Will you be willing to make me whole? And honey guy says yes. So honey guy is on the hook, ultimately again, for the value of the wine. Incredible. Good. So I'll say, shut up, nar chamoro. We'll say, it's also interesting, by the way, you see from the schema, like human nature. Human nature is that people will tell you what you need to hear in order to get you to do what they need you to do. So, and again, that's, that's, it's always been human nature. It's still human nature. And it's important to, it's important to understand that you said when navigating sometimes the complexity of human relationships. Okay. Bar goes weiter. The Gemara says, Shut up, nar chamoro, the chamoro, 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 So, also, then the Mishnah gave the same exact case, just this time not dealing with honey and wine, but dealing with donkeys. Right? Remember again, what was donkey case? I have cheap donkey, my friend has expensive donkey, both of our donkeys get swept away by the current, and what occurs? What occurs? I say to, I say to expensive donkey guy, I say, listen, here's the deal, I'll let my donkey go, right? If, and I'll rescue your donkey, but you'll make me whole for my donkey. Again, if I do it unilaterally without asking, I have no right to compensation. If I ask and he says yes, then he owes me the value of my cheap donkey. Okay, says the Gemara, I understand. This is obvious question, this is obvious question. Both kids are saying the same thing. So why do you need to illustrate the same principle with two cases, right? Case number one is honey, honey and wine. And case number two is cheap donkey and expensive donkey. Why do you need both cases? I'll tell you why. 
If it would have just said the first case of the honey and the wine, so in the case of the honey and wine, it's different, right? Why? Because I will say, in this case, the owner of the wine is actively pouring out the contents of his barrel in order to go ahead and save the contents of the honey, right? The honey. So we'll say, so that's the case. That's the case where, again, the Yomara says, that if the owner of the barrel explicitly says, I'm pouring out the contents of my wine to save your honey, that's when the guy, the honey guy is on the hook. But maybe in this case over here, where it's the current that's doing the work. In other words, no one is actively taking a loss in order to go ahead and save anyone else, right? But rather, again, it's the current that's doing the work. Maybe I'd say again, that the owner of the inexpensive donkey is not entitled to any level of compensation. Or I should say, he only gets the value of labor, but doesn't get the value of the lost donkey. Yes, we're going to say, if we just had the second case, maybe it's only in the case of the current, right? Where if the, where if the owner of the inexpensive donkey never works this through with the owner of the expensive donkey, that he only gets labor, but doesn't get the loss of his donkey. Aval hasam debiyadayim, Maybe in the first case, since the owner of the wine is actively pouring out his wine, maybe even if he doesn't explicitly articulate this to the owner of the honey, he's still not out of the conversation. Therefore, it's Okay, Okay, we need both cases. Fine. Both say, watch this. This is great. Both say, watch this case. This is so exciting. Okay, two guys. Donkey case, donkey case, right? Two guys. Inexpensive donkey, expensive donkey. Right? So, we'll say, so what happens? So cheap donkeys, I'm just going to call them both donkeys instead of people. Right? It's just, just it's, it's not, I don't mean to be disparaging. Just, just for illustration purposes, it's a little bit easier. Right? So it says, what happens? So, so remember again, two donkeys in the river, both getting swept away. Inexpensive donkey says to, says to, says to expensive donkey, here's the deal. I'll let my donkey get washed away. I'll go ahead and save yours, but you're going to make me whole for the loss of my, for my cheap donkey, right? Expensive donkey guy says yes. So what happens? So again, so inexpensive donkey guy says a tearful goodbye to his donkey. They had good years together, but everything, life must move on. Let's him get washed away. Fine. He rescues expensive donkey. Lo and behold, what happens? What happens? So also what happens? Expe- inexpensive donkey saved itself. Saved itself. Good Musa in life as well. Don't rely on other people to save you from the currents of life. Save yourself. So as I said, what happens? Sure enough. So inexpensive donkeys walking around on the shore, right? On the shoreline. So what happens? So 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 me'elov mahu. This isn't going to look at Rashi. So now, owner of owner of expensive donkey, owner of expensive donkey says to owner of inexpensive donkey, Baruch Hashem, your donkey has been saved. I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. Owner of inexpensive donkey says no. You owe me the value of my inexpensive donkey. This donkey now, that's a Hefker donkey. But you better believe it, I'm going to run over and acquire him now as well. So I'll say, so now maybe, maybe inexpensive donkey gets two things. He's still entitled to the value because that's what they stipulated. So let's say inexpensive donkey was worth $500. So he's still going to get $500 from the owner of the expensive donkey. Plus now, there's a Hefker donkey sta- right, standing around over there that he has the ability to acquire as well. So we'll say, so the Shaila essentially is when the inexpensive donkey essentially, quote-unquote, saves itself, is the owner of that donkey still entitled to compensation? Or does the owner of the expensive donkey have the right to tell listen, there's your donkey, just go take back your donkey, and Shalom Yisrael. Incredible. So, Now, both say, the truth is, owner of inexpensive donkey is entitled to compensation as they stipulated. And clearly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the owner of the inexpensive donkey. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rachman on him and saved his donkey as well. But that donkey, Rabosai, that inexpensive donkey, that's Hefker. That's Hefker. So now, his prior owner has the ability to go in and reacquire him and actually walk away, Baruch Hashem, 
both with the money as well as with the newly reacquired donkey. Ki Rav Safra b'sharaita. So we'll listen to this. This is an incredible story. Rav Safra was one time uh, traveling with a caravan. Levinu Kalari. Rav Safra is actually so beautiful. So there was a lion. There was a lion that accompanied the caravan. As well as this was a miraculous lion who accompanied the caravan, watching the caravan from predatory animals as well as from robbers. Kalaylo. So we'll say every night, every night, they gave the lion a donkey for to eat, to eat. So everyone in the caravan had an obligation. They had their day, right? Where they had to donate, they had to donate the donkey. So the Gemara says, One of Safra's donation, right? It was his turn to go ahead and give the donkey. They sent, he sent the donkey to the lion. And ultimately the donkey, the lion would not eat of Safra's donkey. Kadim Rav Safra v'Zachibay. So we'll say. So now here's. So it seems to me here's what happened by giving the donkey to the lion. So essentially, Rav Safra made the donkey hefker. Right now, once he saw that the lion did not want to eat the donkey, what did he do? He reacquired it. Amar Le Ravacha Medif to the Ravina. Lama Le Lemiskibay. I don't say why did Rav Safra have to reacquire it? Nihi dechi afkare adaita da arye afkare. When Rav Safra gave it over to the lion, I will say, then what? In other words, he was giving it over to the lion to eat. He wasn't making it generally hefker. So why did he, except the lion didn't eat it, he obviously required it. Why did he have to do a formal act of, of, of reacquisition? The Rav Safra was just doing it at the end of the day so that there shouldn't be any level of machlokas. So I will say, but the point over here is that what? The point over here is that they didn't say, well, Rav Safra, Rav Safra, well now, again, you know, it's not really your donkey, you gave it up, and therefore, if the lion didn't eat your donkey, then let's redistribute, right? Let's reassess, because you have to share, you have to share in the cost. By the way, we don't say it, what do we say? Rav Safra did his part, he did his part, he offered up his donkey, the lion didn't want to eat his donkey, and that's it, Shalom Yisrael, that's an extra benefit that accrued to him from Shalom. The Rav says, same thing over here in this case. If the owner of the inexpensive donkey made the stipulation with expen- owner of expensive donkey, I'll let my donkey go, I'll save your donkey, you'll pay me the value, $500 of my inexpensive donkey. Owner of expensive donkey says, yes, I'll do it. Sure enough, again, owner of inexpensive donkey says goodbye to his donkey, rescues expensive donkey, brings him on shore, and what does he see? Baruch Hashem, inexpensive donkey saved itself. So both say, so now, First of all, status of inexpensive donkey. What's the status? What's the status? Status? Hefker. But I will say, so, but what that, so now, owner of inexpensive donkey is entitled to compensation from owner of expensive donkey. And if he's fast enough and he can reacquire his inexpensive donkey before anyone else does, then he makes out Baruch Hashem with a profit. Then all, why? We say, and ultimately gave him this potential for, for a payout, for a payday. Incredible. Weiter. Let's watch this. We'll say another fascinating case. Wow. I'll say, same case, same case. They stipulated. They stipulated, right? So we'll say, so what happens? So now, so now, same case. Owner of inexpensive donkey says to owner of expensive donkey, I'll let my donkey go. And I'll say, if your donkey, you'll compensate me for the value of my lost donkey. Owner of expensive donkey says, great. What happens? So owner of an expensive donkey goes to save expensive donkey, but he was unsuccessful. The, the current was too strong. He was unsuccessful. So I was saying, now what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? Is he still entitled to payment? In other words, he did not succeed. He tried to save expensive donkey, but he did not succeed. So the Shaila is, is he still entitled to compensation for his lost inexpensive donkey? So Amr, Amr, Amr lo, zu Shaila. So he says, this is a good question. Ein lo elo But Allah said, no, if he was unsuccessful, in other words, we'll say he was, so to speak, contracted, contracted to accomplish something specific. What was he contracted to do? He was contracted to save the expensive donkey. He did not save the expensive donkey. If you did not fulfill the contract, then you're not entitled to compensation. Now, again, he is entitled, Rabbi said, to what? Thanks. To labor. Right? Labor, time, whatever, however you calculate that. 
But Lamaisa, you only get the value of the inexpensive donkey if you fulfilled that which you were contracted to do, which is to save the expensive donkey. You didn't do so, therefore no compensation. Eisve. So what's the days of Kasha? Asokha, Sapoel. On the days. Somebody go, let's say, just want to point that out. We already have done a blot Gemara for today. I just, I just want to point that out. It's a different blot, different blot. But again, so let's say the Gemara says as follows. This is now bonus. Hasokha, Sapoel. We'll say, watch this. I hire a worker, top Kuftazan 116B, actually great case. The Havi Kruv Udumaskanin Lachola. So we'll say, so what happens? Dumaskanin, sorry. I go ahead and I hire a worker, really it means like a courier, to go ahead and bring uh, Kruv is, uh, is like cabbage, right, or beets, or Dumaskanin, quinces, right, fruit, to a chola, to a person who is ill. Vahalacha Mosel Shameis, Oshehevri. And the shliach shows up there, and what happens? It turns out that either the chola died, or better, Baruch Hashem, he got better. He got better. So as one says, what's the point over here? Is that is that the courier didn't need to do the thing that he was hired to do, right? He was hired to bring food or fruit, right, to a chola, and the chola no longer needed it, either because he died or he was healed. So one says, what's the halacha? No sein You have to pay the courier in full. Right? Now we'll say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That even though you hired him to do something which is now unnecessary, Lemaisi still have to pay him. So why don't we say the same thing over here? Right? At the end of the day, owner of the cheap donkey tried. He tried. He tried his best. Lemaisi, again, he couldn't do it. He should still be entitled to payment. To which the Gemara says, that is not a good comparison. Me, dummy. Hasam avich liach I will say, here is the difference. The difference is that Allah Lemaisa you hired a courier to deliver something. They both say, did he deliver it? Did he deliver it? Yes. In other words, you didn't task him. His job wasn't to heal the chola, right? That wasn't his job. His job was take an object from point A to point B. Did the shliach take the object from point A to point B? Yes. The status of the recipient is almost absolutely unequivocally irrelevant. That's why he's still entitled to payment. However, again, ha-cha, lo'avid shliach shliach I will say here, here the shaliach did not perform his agency. What was his agency? What was his agency? Rescue the expensive donkey. And I will say this is how the Raman Paskins, that Allah in a case where owner of the cheap donkey, again, I will say they arranged it all, right? I'll give up my cheap donkey, I'll rescue your expensive donkey. Owner of expensive donkey says, great, let's do this. And again, in the case where the owner of the cheap donkey was unsuccessful, he does not get paid. He gets paid for labor for time, tight time and labor, but he does not, if he, if he doesn't rescue the expensive donkey, he does get, I'll say, a tremendous, tremendous Moser Haskell. You know, I'll say, sometimes in life, sometimes in life, effort is enough. Sometimes in life, effort is enough. And I'll say, but sometimes in life, it is all about results. If you don't deliver results, it's a failure. And I'll say, knowing which is which, and again, this is an interesting dialectic that we have in our spiritual lives as well. On one hand, again, we always speak about just try, right? Just put on the effort. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves effort. It's true. The only thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves more than effort are results. Are results. And sometimes in life, we let ourselves off a little too, or a little too easy by thinking, oh, I tried. I tried, yeah, but I know that had I tried a little bit harder, a little bit longer, or a little bit more, I could have delivered results. So again, I was saying, sometimes in life you do get credit for the effort, but a lot of times in life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is expecting results, and failure to deliver those results, ultimately, again, there's no schar for that. You don't, you don't in other words, or state a little bit differently, you don't always get an A for effort. Okay, I was saying, let's go back there. Such good Gemara. All right, I was saying, great case. All great cases. All great cases. There was a caravan that was traveling through the desert. So I'll say, this is fascinating. And then what happens? The, the caravan was about to be held up. Right? About to be robbed. So I'll say, now, the unwritten piece over here is, but they, they, they paid off. They paid off the thief. Right? They paid off the thief. Right? They gave uh, the, they, they paid off the thief. So I'll say, so now, what's the Shailah? Shaila is, how do you divide up the payment, right, amongst the members of the caravan? So we'll say this is fascinating. So essentially what we do is, we don't do it, we don't just divide up, we don't just divide up the, you know, the, the money paid by the number of people in the caravan. Rather, we'll say, what do you look like? You divide it up essentially 
according to wealth. Right? The caravan, let's, let's assume, but let's say the caravan is, is, is transporting money. Right? They're for argument's sake. So we'll say, so we don't say, okay, there's, there's 10 guys traveling in the caravan, everybody pays a 10. No. You know, Ruvain's transporting X amount of money, and Shimon's X amount of money. So we divide up the amount of money paid proportionate to the amount of wealth that each person is transporting. Incredible. Interestingly enough, if they went ahead and they hired a tyrant, I will say tire is a guide, is a guide. So let's say the caravan hired someone to help the caravan navigate. In other words, the caravan doesn't want to get held up. So you have to avoid certain neighborhoods. You have to avoid certain routes. So in that case, over there, the, right, in other words, the cost for the tire, the cost for the, the cost for the guide, that's divided up equally amongst the number of participants in the caravan. But the truth is, a lot of times there's also like a minagamakam, right? Or a minag, in this case, the minag of the donkey drivers. Let's say there's like established practices. So the Gemara is talking kind of in the abstract over here, right? You pay the ransom money. So ransom money ultimately, again, is divided up in, in proportionate to wealth. Or you hire a guide that's divided up equally amongst the number of participants in the caravan. But the truth is, you go according to whatever the local minog, whatever the local custom is. Okay. So let's see if a group of donkey herdsmen, yeah, donkey, donkey shepherds, Donkey drivers, yeah, good. David, which one was it? Which, to which one? Both. Oh, oh, either or. Okay, excellent. Good, excellent, good. All right, good. We have such a knowledgeable bunch here, by the way. Such, such like an array of information. So we're traveling. The idea over here is you have a group of people traveling with donkeys, right? Donkey shepherds, let's just call it. Donkey shepherds. So therefore, they're traveling together, watching a herd of donkeys. So they have an agreement amongst them that if someone loses a donkey, the rest of the group, the rest of the group chips in to replace the lost donkey. Or as we'll say, there's a benefit. There's a benefit to making sure that the herd is whole. Or I will say, because remember, the whole chap over here is they also have joint responsibility to watch the herd. So what's the chap? A person is only going to feel an achrayas to watch the herd. If what? If what? if they have skin in the game. And in this case, a donkey in the herd. So therefore, if one of the members of the herd loses a donkey, everyone, it's, it's like a stipulation amongst the chevra that will replace his lost donkey. Okay? Now, say, now, of course, this is only if he wasn't negligent, right? If he was negligent and he lost the donkey, so then we're not mamali ischisar, right? We don't make up for the lost donkey. If he wasn't, if he wasn't negligent, then we, then we, then we make up his loss. Vim amar tnuli va'ani eshmar in shomel. And I say, it's interesting. So let's say Ruvain's part of the chevra. Ruvain's donkey dies. Ruvain says, you know what, chevra, do me a favor. Instead of buying me a new donkey, give me the money. Give me the money, right? And don't worry, I'm still going to participate in watching the herd just as well. So the says, no, we don't listen to that. We don't give him money. We don't give him money, we replace the donkey. So the Mara says, Pshita, that, that's obvious. And Mara says, that's not the stipulation. The stipulation is that when these, again, I will say, this is talking about group dynamics. It's not necessarily a halacha. This is talking about over here that this was often how these type of groups worked. So the Mara says, of course, we have to give him money. So the Mara says, the will say, the case over here is where Ruben had two donkeys. One of them, one of them died, but there was still another one. So he says, Chavra, just give me the money for the one that was lost. I'll still participate in guarding the, guarding the flock or guarding the herd, because again, I still have a donkey there. To which the Gemara says, shiny the answer is the Gemara, so we don't give him money, rather we replace his donkey. Why? Because you can't compare watching two donkeys with watching one donkey. So therefore, I will say, we have a vested interest in replacing a second donkey, so that he's even a more vigilant watchman. All right, beautiful. Great case, great case. Listen to this. Chavra's traveling on a boat. Chavra's traveling on a boat. And I will say, what happens? The wave is about to capsize the boat. Mamish, an episode out of Sefer Yonah. Right? The, right, the, bo- the wave is about to capsize. So, we'll say, so what do you do? It's good to know. What do you do if you're on a boat and a, and a wave is about to capsize the boat? What do you do? You throw stuff overboard. Throw stuff overboard. So how do you do it? Vehikil masa, mechashon lefi masoi, vein mechashon lefi mamon. So Rabbi said, this is actually very interesting. Mechashon lefi masoi, im hishlech zeh meil litrin zav, 
Yashla Semiyah Jazat. So let's say, so now what happens? So can you imagine this scene? So let's say, so you're throwing stuff overboard. So what happens? Everybody's throwing stuff. So let's say, so they start chesh spinning, right? Ruben says to Shimon, Shimon, listen, you know what? I've got a hundred pounds of gold on board. You've got a hundred pounds, you know, of, uh, of barley. So, you know what? I, I, I take one for the team, right? Throw over your stuff. The owner says, no, 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 we don't do that. Rather, again, everybody throws overboard equal weight, equal weight. And I both say, we don't start cheshpening who has more valuable cargo. I both say, you know, it's a tremendous yisod. You know, death or the potential of death is the great equalizer, right? It does not matter. It does not matter. You have expensive cargo. You have inexpensive cargo. We need to lighten the load. So therefore, Moses, the Gemara says, everyone shares equally. In other words, Iris, we don't care what kind of cargo you have. Rather, Gerbosa, they decide, okay, everybody's got to offload 25 pounds of cargo. You've got gold. You've got barley. It doesn't make a difference. Everybody offload 25 pounds. But I will say, but a lot of times boats, right? Again, the child by boat, they have agreed upon customs. So again, the Gemara is just looking the abstract. The abstract, if you have to lighten the boat, everyone shares equally. But whatever the custom is, that's what you follow. So I will say similarly again, when you have like, a, I guess for lack of a better term, you call it like an armada, right? You have like a fleet that travels together. So the fleet, the chevra and the fleet, they could agree that if one of the chevra loses a boat, right, everyone agrees to go ahead and chip in to get them a new boat. Because there, there's, there's added benefit to the chevra traveling together. Okay, so the Gemara says, however, this is only true of the Lobokosya in Mamidin. Mamidin. But it's only true of say if he loses the boat, if he loses the boat because he was negligent, then the Chevra doesn't agree to make him whole. But if he lost the boat not out of negligence, then ultimately they'll make him whole. So the Gemara says, Vipirish, Lemakom Shina Svinos Holchin in Mamidin. But if one of the captains decides to take his boat to a place where people don't normally take their boats, then under those circumstances, again, the rest of the chevra is not going to make him whole. So the Gemara says, okay, well, it sounds like negligence. So pshita, that's obvious. Well, it's so interesting. So well, the way it works is like this. In Nisan, essentially during spring, during spring, you only have to keep your boat one rope's length away from shore. I guess the water's deeper, right? So you only have to be one, 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 one rope's length. In Tisha, which is after the summer, water levels are lower, you need to be two rope's lengths away from the shore. And what happened? The Ka'azli biyomi Nisan lemakum Tishrei. And then we'll say what ended up happening. In the days of Nisan, he went to the place of Tishrei. So ma'adotema dov sheinokit va'azil. You might have thought again, I'll say, this is still a normal place. In other words, he, he just made a mistake. The captain made a mistake about where he could take his boat to. So I will say, you might have thought that this is not called negligence, right? Because again, he's still operating his boat in a place where boats are normally operated. Just what? It's just wrong month. It's just wrong month, wrong season. And you might have thought, maybe this is not negligence. Kamash Malon, it's negligence. Kamash Malon, it's negligence. All right, I will say, you know what? Whew. Okay. Okay, good job. Good job. We'll stop over here for today. We'll say, tremendous. We're pretty much, we're pretty much there. Pretty much right back on target. We'll say, tremendous, tremendous stuff. I'd urge you again, we'll say, these are the kind of Gemaras. Look over them again. There's so much more than what we've studied here. I will say, but what is this learning together? Shkrek, everyone.